From the After 9 Podcast Studios, this is After 9 with Scott and Kat. Hey now. Hello, friends. Welcome to another, the second last episode of After 9 for this year. My goodness. Okay, can I can I start with something that I, I guess I, prom- I made a promise, but it was way back last Friday, and fuck, a lot of shit happens between then, guys. But Jason, one of our very loyal podcast listeners, sent me a message and said, you promised me on Friday's pod, which was a solo one, that we get Scott's take on Doug Ford's liquor in the convenience store ah, announcement yes. and it's yes you're right jason i'm sorry and then and then you were sick so then uh, i didn't bother doing a podcast on tuesday and then by wednesday i forgot so can we <laughs> i'm following the train of events I mean? here yes see i see how this my happened brain? so anyway can you give us your just quickly yeah your thoughts on that i i was uh following it along because it came down after we had recorded the last pod together last week and i mean as it turns out, we really only update the liquor laws in this province every hundred years. It's bad. And I really feel like Doug Ford had an opportunity here to to right the wrongs that have been happening. And, and when I say wrong, I mean it. Because for the government to have complete control and dominance over alcohol and liquor sales in this province, I don't think that's right. It's a monopoly and the government holds all the cards. It's right in the name. Liquor control. Board of Ontario and controls a, a, a rough word right now. So, I mean, good on Doug for making it available in convenience stores. Took a long time to get it done, and it's still not going to be done for two years because of the contract that Kathleen Wynne signed with the beer store. But come 2026, we will have a little bit more freedom and choice, which is good. I just really wish they would have deregulated the liquor sales, and there's still time to do it. Hopefully, Doug, you see the light and do it. We could sell off the LCBO to, uh, a bunch of entrepreneurs, we could just sell each location individually. And anyone who wants to open up a liquor store, just like the cannabis stores, should be allowed to open up a liquor store. I actually took some video for you when I was in the States. Mm-hmm. I was in a place called Mega Liquors. <laughs> the na- By the way, the names of these liquor places, like when I was in Florida, it, it blows me away, the names of the place. I love it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think it's incredible. And by the way, it's just brilliant the way that they put it together. And while you get this photo up, I want to see it. Um... When I went, I don't even know the name of the place now. It was like, it might have been a liquor mart or something, whatever. They're just very straightforward. Like, this is where you buy liquor. But it was liquor and more or something like that. It was one of these kind of stores that does, doesn't just sell liquor. And this is the beauty and brilliance of if we were able to do this here. Mm-hmm. It's a one-stop shop in terms of they had charcuterie and and you know, odds and ends, and they sold all kinds of things, not just liquor, but it was like an entertainment place where it was like, if you want to buy all those, it was almost like if a a Bowering and an LCBO fucked and had babies, but better booze. (laughs) That's what it was like. What a great way to put it. Yes, it it was awesome. Oh, I I tend to agree with you. I've obviously experienced the liquor stores in America and in Alberta and British Columbia, and, and they're great. I mean, This store in America, this is why we don't need the LCBO in Ontario. See this uh, big, massive bottle of rum chata there? Yeah, yeah, I do. $20.99. Okay, and what is that here? Oh, it's way, way, Do you want me to look it up? Like, I mean, because it's astonishing. I don't think, because here's the thing. If you don't usually travel to anywhere, like maybe you're just, you stay in Ontario. That's totally fine. But until you travel, then you realize how much more money we're spending on this shit. And it, I understand the dollar's a little different. Mm-hmm. Fine. Fine. All well and good. But even with the dollar being bad here right now, I bet you it's still way cheaper to buy it there. Yeah. See these uh, convenient little bottles of wine? They come in four packs? Uh-huh. We do have those, or I've seen those in the past at the LCBO. I don't see them very often anymore. I don't anymore. see them often. 
That's uh, four fairly large servings of wine. How much for a four pack? For those servings of wine, are they smaller size or those are like regular size bottles ish, like seven fifties or something? No, 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 no. Those are smaller size, like say yay, okay. yay big. Four of those. Four of those. Yeah. I'm looking at uh, Woodbridge and I'm looking at Barefoot and there's a couple other Gosh. ones in this category. How much for four? $7.99. Oh my gosh. The rum chata, how much did you say it was there? $20.99. <laughs> it's $36.95 at the LCBO. Well, take that a- Christmassy one and everything. The peppermint bark one? Yeah. yeah. It's f- almost it's 40, it's almost $40. Here is a 40 ouncer of Jack Daniel's Tennessee honey. Big bottle of Jack Tennessee honey, Tennessee honey. And right beside it is the Jack Daniels Tennessee Fire, and then the Jack Daniels Tennessee Apple, the Jack Daniels Bonded, the Jack Daniels Triple something. It cut off in the picture. A, a lot of stuff that I've never even seen at the LCBO. Anyway, that that big massive bottle of Jack Daniels, mm-hmm. $37.99. It's 50. I'm following along here with what you just said. You said 40, 55, 20 here. It's crazy. It's 5520 on the LCBO. Listen, we're not getting the same choice. We're not getting the same convenience. We're being charged way more than we have to be for this. And uh, look at all these bottles of Crown Royal there. You're a Crown fan, aren't you? I am a huge Crown fan. Every variety of Crown Royal that you can imagine under the sun, those bottles are all $27.99. Yeah, it's. (sighs) We're, We're getting ripped off here, everyone. And the government has a monopoly on this, so they set the prices. They determine what we're allowed mm-hmm. to drink. And, and I really just think that Doug missed the mark on this one. If we're only changing this shit every hundred years, he should have deregulated the, not deregulated, that's the wrong way to put it. He should have freed up the LCBO to private individuals who want to open a liquor store. Like I said, it's the most lucrative industry on earth next to selling gas. And, and the government has a monopoly on it, and it's not right. Don't get mad at the LCBO employees on that, by the way. You could take that straight to the, the province. A hundred percent. Straight it's to them. Not on the LCBO employees. But I bet you they think it's bullshit, too. How much, fun would, how much more fun would they have if they got to work at a place that was pro- like a, a privatized spot, like, yeah. a, like a liquor mart or whatever? They could run their own. There's people that work at the LCBO that know so much shit about what they sell, and they're so good at it. There's some that are just there for the paycheck, for sure. But sure. some that are so good at it. They could probably they would probably love to run their own personal brand of whatever liquor store you want, whatever you wanted to call it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I mean, Jason, thanks for the question. Thanks for wondering what I think of it. I I just think that Doug missed the mark on this, and I also think that it's a step towards modernization. It's progress, but it's not nearly enough. Uh, the other thing I would point out about this, when it comes to liquor sales, private liquor stores, and hopefully eventually someday privatizing the LCBO, is we're still walking around with this wicked assumption that people who drink beer drink beer and people who drink spirits and wine drink spirits and wine. Now you'll be able to buy beer in a corner store. You'll be able to buy uh, some coolers, some wine in corner stores, but no spirits. And it's ridiculous that I can't go to Circle K or 7-Eleven and grab a 12-pack on my way home and and pick up a I don't know, some rum chata for my girlfriend or Mm -hmm. something like that. I have to go to a whole other store for that. And the point of this was to make it more convenient. So progress, we're not there yet. Doug, if you or anyone else at Queens Park is listening, will you please fix this? Because it's wrong. It is a government liquor monopoly and it's it's not right. And I think for me, the key is the monopoly thing there. Because I know there's some people listening that are like, ah, I I don't drink, so I don't really care. But here's the problem is that we all should care about what they're controlling and how much money they're making. 
and the monopolies that they hold. Yep. And this is one example of them. If you're right? one of the people who decides which wines the LCBO orders in, you have so much power. And I have no doubt you probably get some fantastic kickbacks. Stuff like that. Oh, good call. Yeah, yeah. And we could get into that, but I guess we'll move along. We'll move along. You know what I'd like to talk about here is, hey, high praise for Canada. High praise for Canada on the global stage. Let's go back to yesterday. ...by Canada, Australia, and New Zealand backing sustainable ceasefire in Gaza. We welcome these developments and consider them in the right direction toward isolation the fascist, fascist Israeli government globally and ending the longer ever occupation in our modern... High praise from Hamas for the Canadian government. Hmm. Oh, that's an award we didn't want to win, is it? Hmm. That's not something we want. We don't want the world leaders or the leaders of uh, Hamas on, on worldwide television thanking us for supporting them, even though we have designated them a certified terrorist group. Why would they do that? Well, they did it because we helped them out when we changed our position here in Canada and decided all of a sudden, well, we're going to try and play it down the middle. I, I think what's going on, if, if I have to step back and look at it objectively, because it's impossible to follow the strategy of the federal government, and I do acknowledge they're in a tough spot. I think generally the policy here in North America, Canada and the U.S. has always been we are stalwart supporters of Israel. We will always back Israel and the Jewish people. It's always been our policy. Now this Hamas thing came up, and after the October 7th attacks in Israel, a lot more pro-Palestinians are coming out saying, well, now's the time. We've got to separate, blah, 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 blah. And the Trudeau government, seeing these massive and angry protests that are happening in malls and in the streets, and God only knows what's going to happen this weekend, Christmas weekend. I- I'm told that there's going to be on a much bigger scale mm-hmm. more protests. I-, I think the government was afraid of massive civil unrest, and I'm pretty sure that they really don't want to stoke those flames. They don't want to give people a reason to go wild. I think that that's probably part of the reason that our police forces are not laying hate-related charges because they should be in some cases. I mean, we've all seen the video. There's some threats happening. There's actual hate speech happening out there, and police aren't doing anything about it. Mm. And and I think that everybody's really just afraid that this is going to turn into some big powder keg and, and turn into a huge thing. So the government tried to take more of a down-the-middle approach and, and now this is what happens. We've got Hamas praising Canada for supporting them. And while that's not exactly what we did, let's keep in mind here that the government called for a sustainable ceasefire, which would eventually lead to peace in the Middle East. That's what happened. But either way, this looks bad. Uh, Justin Trudeau does not want to stand up and say one of the people backing him is the leader of Hamas. It's not good. It's a bad look for Canada. But we... Uh, we got it now, so we got to deal with it. I, I don't know exactly where we go from here, but I again, I certainly don't admire the, the government or the cops in the position that they're in because it is a tricky one, and yep. emotions are very, very high all around. One thing I would say, though, and this is an ongoing theme for about 10, 11 years here on After 9, maybe even longer. We, uh, we just had a teenager, a group of teenagers in Ottawa charged with terrorism they were plotting, these were teenagers, plotting to bomb Jews and Jewish facilities in the Ottawa area. And the RCMP and CSIS did their job. Very, very good. That's what we pay them to do. And the reason that we can all sleep peacefully at night is knowing that the RCMP and CSIS is out there watching for threats. So they caught this. They intercepted it. And they, they foiled the plot and they arrested the kids that were behind this. And 
it just got leaked out last night or this morning that they found a collection of an explosive material and uh, ball bearings or wheel bearings or something like that in it. They were ready to create a bomb, and they knew how to do it that would do a lot of damage. Sending those bolts or whatever it was out of a bomb, a projectile, would have been like firing multiple bullets all at once, plus the impact of the actual explosion. This could have been catastrophic. And despite that, a planned, willful attempt to try and murder people based purely on their religion, that is terrorism, they're still protected under the Youth Criminal Justice Act. Yeah. We can't even know their names. These were kids that were playing on our streets and in our playgrounds a couple of weeks ago that never even really thought too much about them, and they never really bothered anybody, I guess, before now. But now we find out that because of what's going on in the Middle East, they were planning a terror attack on Jews. And again, I'm glad they caught them, but why are they protected in any way? The, the Youth Criminal Justice Act, for those who don't know, was always intended for your kid fucked up. Your kid did something stupid. They, they stole something from a variety store. They, they got caught with a little bit of drugs on them. They, they did something dumb that for the rest of their life, they probably don't need to have a criminal record for it because you do dumb things when you're a kid. Mm-hmm. Minor things. When you that's kill, not, yeah, that's not minor, right? When you kill someone, when you are actually accused of the charge of terrorism, we we revoke citizenship from foreign nationals that get charged with terrorism. We aren't even allowed to know their names. Somebody's got to revisit this Youth Criminal Justice Act because it's not working. If we still agree as a society that we need to protect kids so that they don't have a criminal record growing up because they made a simple mistake and stole a chocolate bar or something. Okay, that's one thing. We can have that conversation. But there should be no discrepancy here. If you're planning to murder, mass murder people, no, you don't get the protection of the Youth Criminal Justice Act. Did they say anything in this investigation? And uh, look, they probably live with their parents, right? In most cases here? Probably. Likely? Where are their parents at with this? Great question. These are the follow-ups that I'd love to hear when it comes to stories like this. Because you're talking about, I mean, you're absolutely right. We're talking about mass murder. We're talking about a plot. A terrorist plot. Where, and we know that they're under those uh, roofs. I would like to know. I would love to know. Because how do we know that there wasn't a little bit of involvement there? And don't tell me I'm a parent, okay? And I know that doesn't mean that you know everything that's happening in your kids' lives. But you're telling me that this has nothing to do with any way that they've been brought up? None? Ah, interesting. Any influence? I just always think about that. That's all. Especially when we're talking about youth, right? One thing, if absolutely, they're adults or 18 over whatever, I suppose, fine. But... uh, Nobody kept track of that? Nobody knew anything? I just wish the common sense would prevail. I mean, I know we've got uh, laws on the books, and that's fine, but judges are there to interpret the law and the intent of the laws when they were created and all that sort of thing. And any reasonable judge should be able to do exactly what I just did. Be able to say, okay, listen, yes, technically by age, they're covered under the Youth Criminal Justice Act, but no, that Youth Criminal Justice Act was never intended to protect terrorists Mm -hmm. that wanted to murder people based on their religion. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean... Uh, well, rewind it if you want to hear it again. I don't know why some judge didn't say, well, I mean, the Youth Criminal Justice Act would typically uh, apply here, but no, that doesn't apply here. This is in the public interest for people to know this, and it's a public safety issue, so they should know it. And, and I hope that they fix that or just scrap the whole goddamn thing and start over again because it's scary what's going on out there. Um, I'll mention this one quickly just because I rarely miss an opportunity to take a shot at the pricks at the Bank of Canada. They have uh, got a strike, a a labor situation on their hands now, Kat. The union representing security officers at the Bank of Canada say their members have voted overwhelmingly in favor of a strike 
if a bargaining agreement with the central bank fails. The Public Service Alliance of Canada represents 57 security officers at the Bank of Canada in Ottawa and six more in Montreal. Not a huge staff. Their contract expired at the end of 2021. Oh, wow. What okay. if, what, the, what, what the hell have these people been doing for three wow. years? What have they been doing at the Were Bank they... of Canada for three years that they couldn't get a new deal done with the people who protect them and our money? Yeah, I don't know. I'm surprised, actually, a place like that. Maybe, well, I mean, not that I work there, but one would assume they'd be on that. Well, the, the key issues here, as the union says, are workplace safety, wages, and workload. All right, I fully expect that there's probably a lot more uh, threats and things like that that they have to deal with now because the Bank of Canada is is trying to ruin the middle class. So I get that they probably have some legitimate issues here. And if it's wages as one of the issues, please don't tell me that's the case. This is the Bank of Canada. It's our central bank. We know that they're going to pay themselves millions in bonuses in the next uh, nine days. Hmm. They're going to pay themselves six-figure bonuses. Yeah, yeah. And they couldn't get a deal done with the people who are paid to protect them in three years. It's messed up. Like, if we needed even another reason that Tiff Macklem has got to go, he's at the top, and they haven't had a deal in three years, now they're ready to strike. What happens when the people who protect the central bank go on strike? Should we start treating that like a... Like the jewelry stores at the Scarborough Town Center in Yorkdale. Everybody just walk in with a hammer and grab whatever you want. <laughs> Actually, it's not the worst. I- no, it's a bad 2024 idea. is going to be an interesting year all around, isn't it? I feel like it is too, yeah. Kat. I know I said this earlier this year, but I feel like something's coming. Why is Mark Zuckerberg building that bunker underground in Hawaii? Well, I- he's also Mark Zuckerberg. He's never been like a... Uh- what does he know that we don't know, though? You could you could agree with some of the population who thinks he's an alien, like straight up. Oh, interesting. And Elon Musk, while you're at it. Mm, mm. Oh, can you I? You don't do- think that Elon Musk has a bunker? A hundred percent, he's got a bunker too. He's just not. It's not not well known. People don't build bunkers unless they think they might need the bunker, though. That's what I'm wondering is why. Mark Zuckerberg had bought this massive property uh, on an island in Hawaii, and he's building a huge underground bunker that looks like it's not just for him. It's for his like senior staff. There's a. Uh, multiple bedrooms with multiple beds in it yeah there's a massive pantry full of enough food probably to last all those people for two years if you had zuckerberg money wouldn't you i'd probably do it just for shits and gigs i wouldn't necessarily need to know anything to do it but if i had that much money i'd be like yeah man i'll take an island and i'll throw a bunker just in case though just it's just a just in case thing and you could sell that to the next rich person because you're a rich person so you know a lot of really rich and i mean billionaires you could sell it to a billionaire easily if you decide you're done with it or you don't want it anymore. Okay, but it'd be one thing if he built this underground bunker at his main residence. It's in Hawaii. Like, what happens if shit goes down and you're not in Hawaii? You got to get there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fair point. Fair point. It'd have to, you'd have to have enough leeway to know. Yeah. Or he knows when shit's going to go down and he'll make sure he's in Hawaii when it happens. Possible. Hmm, Interesting. Uh, Alien. You, you, <laughs> you mentioned Elon Musk, and I think this is another opportunity mm. to point out some of the hypocrisy in the media. A million Toyota vehicles, including 100,000 of them on the road in Canada, are being recalled because of a defect that could cause airbags to not deploy. Toyota says the recall covers a range of Toyota and Lexus vehicles. Model years 2020 through 2022 and included are some of their hybrids. Avalons, Camrys, Highlanders, RAV4, Siennas, and Corollas 
are all impacted here. It's a sensor in the front passenger seat that could short circuit. That can cause the airbag system to not accurately calculate the occupant in the passenger seat's weight and potentially not deploy airbags at all in certain kinds of crashes. That's fairly common. I mean, we get recalls like that all the time. Mm -hmm. My point being that last week, there was a big recall on Teslas. And it wasn't just advertised as a big recall on Teslas. It was like huge news. The end of Elon Musk. Elon Musk makes shitty products. Elon Musk could have killed you because of this recall. And at the end of the day, it was just a software update that you don't even have to go to the dealership for. Your car, just next time it's connected to Wi-Fi, downloads the update. It's done. Just like you're updating your iPhone. That's great. That's, by the way, how convenient. How far we've come. This one here, you actually got to go to the dealer. You've got to have a part replaced. You've got to wait for parts to come in. They're going to try and sell you more. They're going to find other things that are wrong with your vehicle. This will cost people a lot of money. And that's fine. Like I said, cars get recalled all the time. But when it's Toyota, nobody says much. This was a worldwide leading story that was really just a smear piece against Elon Musk. And the reason they don't like Elon Musk is Elon Musk goes against the grain. I think it was uh, very hypocritical of people to shit all over Tesla for a recall last week that was simple to fix. This one's an actual issue, and it's not going to get nearly as much attention. It amazes me, actually, how many celebrities aren't really afraid of Elon Musk. I guess, like, not that they need to be afraid of Elon Musk, but I like even, um, I don't know if you saw the latest between Elon Musk and John Oliver, because John Oliver went off on him for, like, forever. Apparently, his entire show was basically shitting on Elon Musk and the new truck uh-huh. and the recall was included in that. But it's like, I don't know. Some people just have no fear. I don't know. Well, I don't know what it is about Elon specifically that pisses them off. Because he's basically come out and said that he's not right wing. He's, I don't really know what Elon Musk is because he has a lot of liberal type policies. I don't know either. This is a guy who started to lead the green revolution, which is what I thought people on the left really loved about Elon is he created an electric car that works. But as soon as he started allowing free speech and other perspectives to be told on X, then people turned on him. But let's go to another media company, Sirius XM. Are they a competitor? I don't think they are for us. Sirius? I mean, it's another thing you could listen to. You pay for it, though, and whereas radio doesn't charge you for it. <laughs> Full disclosure, I'm on SiriusXM. <laughs> Are you? In a way. <laughs> yeah, there's a TikTok channel, actually. Oh. So I work with them in a way, small way. Do you it's do- not a show like we do, obviously. So you don't do any breaks or anything? No, it's just your voice? No, no, no. Yeah, no, no, no. Huh. I don't get that, because they could get your voice just by typing it into the app. Yeah, but they don't want to get sued. Oh. <laughs> I forgot. You got lawyers now. <laughs> Kat's a very important person, just so you know. No, it's all well and good, but you're right. I mean, that's the big fa- – I never understood the satellite radio thing because I, I don't know why you'd want to pay for it when you get really great content on, on radio that's free. We free. never send you a bill. Um, it's and local. It's local. It's, uh, you get music and content, whatever your, whatever your cup of tea is. There's so many to choose from. I actually had this conversation before I tell the story about Sirius XM. I had this conversation with someone on the weekend who uh, was asking about the toy drive that we did on one of our stations, 1031 Fresh Radio in London. Mm -hmm. So I was there last Thursday. We were at the Delta London Armories doing a massive toy drive. It's amazing how many of our London listeners came out to drop off new 
unwrapped toys and to make donations and things like that. Really great sponsors, really great listeners. And we set it up like a drive through you know, the little rotunda of the hotel. Yeah. People could just drive up. Our elves would go and get it out of the vehicle and stick it in the pile. The Salvation Army took four truckloads of toys mm-hmm. back. They had to keep coming and clearing out the lobby. They'd come back again, clear out the lobby. It's incredible. Taking it to their central place. And the way I explained it to somebody who who asked about why we do that and blah, 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 is I know that FM radio and AM radio has its challenges. We play commercials. I mean, we can't apologize for that. That's why it's free. It's not a lot. I don't find it very intrusive at all. In fact, sometimes I find those commercials very informative. At the absolute mm-hmm. least, they're typically local. But when you put it into perspective, we collected over 3,000 toys in one day. And raised over $33,000 for the Salvation Army. How much has SiriusXM ever raised for families in need in London? How much has uh, Spotify ever raised for families in need in London? You know, local radio serves a purpose and they are deeply embedded in the community. Mm -hmm. Not the least of which, we're also a local business. That's Mm -hmm. how we stay in business. We sell advertising to other businesses. It all is an ecosystem that works. That's right. These other companies, oh, and by the way, we don't charge the, people a penny, whereas these people are charging nineteen ninety nine a month. And I think people never see it as this, but we really are all local businesses. Radio stations yeah. are local businesses um, and, and such a, I think, important part of every community that they're in for those reasons, being able to be there for those businesses who, who want to advertise, sure, but also for those things that we do with the community. I mean, it's so important. Uh, I think. I mean, obviously, I understand people listening are like, ah, you guys are biased, maybe. Fine, but I'm telling no. you, it's 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 never going to go away. It's, has it changed a lot? Yeah. Sure. Absolutely. Even in, in the last, what, 10 years, it's changed a lot. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, we also are aware of our streaming abilities, too. We have listeners that listen every single day in Vancouver. We have listeners that listen every single day in Halifax. And, and it's weird because Vancouver's three hours behind, Halifax is an hour ahead, we don't necessarily program to that. We just do our show. Yeah. But the fact that you can get it in a podcast form, well, it's a little different from the radio show, we swear here. But you know what I mean? Like, we're accessible in a lot more ways. Radio's really growing and trying to find a way to fit in. And I think it's doing a fine job for $0 to the end user. Apple Music, ten ninety nine a month. Spotify, fourteen ninety nine a month. Sirius, eighteen ninety nine a month. Ooh. We're free. And we play some commercials, but again... It's free. So a couple things you can do. I didn't even mean to turn this into a radio segment, but hey, if you're interested in trying advertising on radio, you should call our salespeople. Just look up the number on our website and say you want to talk to someone in sales because not only do we do commercials, we do digital. We've got TV platforms. We've got this podcast platform. There's a lot of different ways and different strategies to market your business. These other ones that are charging you money to listen to it, it's not really doing anything for you. And it's certainly not local. And I feel like there may be some people who have who just assume it's going to be a lot of money or something like that. But the best part about the teams that we work with is that they cater to you. So what do you need and what do you want and how can we help you? And then set a price based on that. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's not like we uh, we say you want to run a 30 second commercial. That'll be five thousand dollars, please. It's nothing like that. Not at all. Yeah. What do you got? What's your marketing budget? If you have a thousand dollars. okay, we can give you a thousand dollars in radio commercials. And here's how many you'll get. And here's when they'll run. You want to mix it up and do a little digital so that you can get some 
pre-rolls on YouTube or some spots in a commercials in a podcast. Uh, you want to mm-hmm. be on the those true crime pods or Alan Cross's ongoing history of new music. We really have a ton of different ways that we can help you and we make it work for your budget. But anyway, let's go back to Sirius XM. New York's attorney general accusing them of making it intentionally difficult for customers to cancel their subscriptions. Really? <laughs> it's the same attorney general that filed the suit against Donald Trump. She says uh, in court papers, complaints found Sirius XM forced subscribers to wait in an automated system before dealing with agents who were specifically trained to avoid accepting your cancellation. Sirius XM is disputing the claim. They say our plans can be canceled online in most cases. Well, an investigation found that over a two-year period, just two years, 578,000 subscribers who wanted to cancel their subscription by phone gave up waiting for a live agent and hung up. That's a lot of people. <laughs> yeah, it's it's they messed are, up. Uh, they're one of the companies. I don't know. I don't. I don't know how that whole thing works between the car companies. And the satellite radio company. Oh, they're and all how cutting much each other deals and sucking is, each other's dicks. This this is the thing I wonder. And mm-hmm. I really wish that was more transparent. It should be transparent. Yeah. Hey, we're, I don't know, GM, and we've cut a deal with Sirius XM, and we're going to try and find a way to squeeze the FM stations right out of our dashboards and stuff like that. I don't think it'll come to that. Hopefully it won't. Hopefully people don't accept that. Although with CarPlay and Android Auto, it's so much easier, right? You can just call up streams. The European Union, I'm really curious to see what you think of this. The European Union is expanding the reach of the digital laws they've passed designed to keep people safe on the internet, issuing new requirements for the three world's biggest adult websites. The executive branch of Pornhub, X Videos, and StripChat. StripChat is one of the biggest in the world. I've never even heard of it. StripChat. Well, they've now been classed as quote, very large online platforms under the European Digital Services Act because they have more than 45 million users each. The new requirements include verifying the age of users with steep fines or even a ban on operating in the EU if they violate it. Now, a similar bill proposed in Canada would require Canadians to verify their age online before accessing porn. That's working its way through the House of Commons right now. How do you feel about having to verify your age before you can rub one out? (laughs) Um, It's so funny, though. Different places in the world are like everywhere. They're so different, right? Like if you if you tried that in other areas of the world, you'd be like, what? I mean, I don't know. Um, That's fine. That's fine. Hmm. What do you think? Well, I mean, I'm wondering what you really have to do here. Is it like the beer companies verifying your age before you can go to the. The Labatt website, you've got to tell it what your birth date is. That isn't really verifying your age. Yeah, that's not doing anything at all. Oh, that's true, though. If that's what it is, it's a (laughs) pop-up. Kids have figured it out. Yeah, Yeah. hello. Is the major concern that that kids are are masturbating? (laughs) I don't understand why we need to do this. You know, I'm really not a fan of overregulation on the Internet, particularly by government. If there was some right. global body that we actually trusted as a neutral source represented with people from multiple different backgrounds and faiths and things like that, maybe I could get behind something that's truly intended. Although I feel like censorship is the main concern here uh, with all these attempts around the world to regulate the Internet. 
Uh, porn, verify your age, I, I guess. Are we still able to find porn easily, though? Uh, that's the Outside thing. of this? Yeah. Like, it's everywhere, really. Mm-hmm. And, and people who really want it will find it. Yes, they will. Do you know what I mean? Yes, so I don't will. know what this is going to really do. I'm surprised OnlyFans doesn't fall under this. Uh, oh, they'll find a way to make money off OnlyFans. They'll, they'll find a way if they yeah. haven't already. Do you, ha- you have to probably be 18 plus to even sign up for that and all that other shit, right? Yeah, but again, people get around that too. I mean, how well, many people? true. Technically, I mean, you've got to be what to use Facebook? And we know there's kids that are way younger using Facebook because yeah. you just lie about your age. It's yeah. real easy. No, you're, you're right. I'm not sure how you really do control it. I'm going to do two quick stories here, and then we're going to move on to the top five or the first five of the top ten of the What's Trending stories from our radio show of 2023. Uh, Over in the UK, Britain's Supreme Court has made an important ruling when it comes to AI. The high court says the inventor of something must be a person Mm -hmm. in order to apply for a patent. In other words, if AI, let's say you created something using AI. You can't apply for a patent on that. An American inventor claims his AI creation autonomously created a food and drink container as well as a light beacon. I'm not sure what that is, but he feels he's entitled to the rights to that invention because he created the AI. The AI created the thing. The courts have said, no, in order to get a patent, you must be a person. <laughs> what? Okay, so it sucks to be the first person to figure that out. Right. It sucks to be this guy who created something that maybe would have made money, but he was honest about it. Because I think that's key is honesty. What's going to stop you if you're technically, let's say you are technically savvy to the point where you understand and you know how to use AI to your advantage. What's, how's that going to stop you from lying and tell, and kind of going away with telling people that it was AI who created this? who really figured this out. Now, maybe you took that and you did make it your own, and so technically it's yours. But you just lie, right? You lie. Like, I mean, how do they know? Did you how use AI? Know? Nope. 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 I invented it. I'm smart. Like, are they going to look into it if you do? If you do lie? I, I don't know. Well, I mean, I wondered about this for a while now. Dave, our part-time uh, co-host and full-time boss, occasional podcast guest. <laughs> Hopefully tomorrow's back. We'll see. He said he's going to try. Okay, good, good, good. Uh, by the way, nobody in radio is busier than Dave Lazard Honest is right goodness, now. Honest to goodness, guys. It's it's messed up, his schedule. He'll call me in the car sometimes when he hasn't been home in like three days. It's, it's insane. So anyway, Dave has um, like a beer league softball team and he wanted to create a logo for the Obi Run Kenobis. Yeah. And and he used AI to design a logo and it's cool. It's like Darth Vader holding a baseball Very bat. cool. Yeah, it's neat. AI created that logo so he'd never be able to own a patent on it. That's weird because he told AI what to do. AI just did what he told it to, but he wouldn't own the patent on it because it's not a person applying for it. But another layer to that is that AI was able to use something that's technically copywritten by Disney. All of that shit's ripped from Disney in order to create it. But this is what I'm saying is like... Who owns what and who gets in trouble for what? If you tell AI to create something and AI creates something, sure, it might be AI, but how does that work for Disney as a good example of a huge company that probably doesn't want you creating shit with their brand? Right. 
Absolutely. Right? Yeah. I mean, at what point can you opt out and say, yeah, leave a- leave us out of the AI stuff? It's where AI gets tricky, guys. And this is why, one of the reasons why, the, you know, the strike was on for as long as it was in Hollywood, because it's starting to impact them. You're it, guaranteed if you haven't had AI interfere with your industry yet, you absolutely will. Mm-hmm. And this is one of the reasons why, is that who owns what? And it, as we solve these things one at a time, this is a this is one of the things that we're solving now. It's an interesting one. It's going to take a lot of time before we get there. Last one, and we hardly have any time for this, unfortunately, but uh, researchers with Toronto Metropolitan University. That's a fairly left-leaning university. It's Ryerson, for those who don't know. They changed the name, though. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. They (laughs) have released a progress report on how Canada's doing with truth and reconciliation. TMU says, based on their calculations, only 13 of the 94 calls to action made by the Truth and Reconciliation Commission in 2015 are now complete. Again, our score, 13 out of 94. Now, that's their interpretation of it. I'm sure if you ask Justin Trudeau, he'll say we're at like 100 out of 94, but whatever, it's different perspectives. But their their end line on this is what I loved. In a scathing conclusion to the report, it says, quote, there are limits to how many times you can write a report about how Canada, once again, has failed to make any meaningful progress on truth and reconciliation. They also calculate, if Canada continues at this pace, we will not reach all 94 calls until 2081. Yeah! Twenty eighty one. Fuck, we can't even fathom that. We suck. Yeah, we We're do. so bad yeah, at this we shit. Do. We have no follow up in this country, and it drives me batshit crazy. It's like the whole strategy is hope people forget. Crazy. Yep. All right, let's switch it up. We've got a few minutes left. Cat this morning on the radio shows began counting down the top ten. What's trending stories of the year? And some of the shit, when you compile these lists, it's always amazing because you kind of forget what happens in the calendar year. So if you're going by that, I want to do a couple mentions that didn't make the cut. Tomorrow, I'm going to do another couple mentions that didn't make the cut, different ones. Uh, for me, I, I floated around Jada Pinkett Smith to be in the top 10. And just because we did spend, especially on this pod, Scott, we spent a lot of time talking about her. Sure did. Uh, her separation with Will and how they'd been separated for like seven years before the Oscar slap and her book, obviously, but a bunch of other weird shit she did. So she almost made the cut here. Uh, and Prince Harry's memoir almost made the cut as well. For me, there wasn't enough juicy stuff in Spare, uh, which sold 1.6 million copies in its first week alone. And that was out at the beginning of the year. Number 10. I did this one because it lasted so long, but finally came to a conclusion this year. And that was Kesha's lawsuit against Dr. Luke, which really did change the pop music game because some people decided not to work with Dr. Luke again. And who knows what kind of, Music we would have had if people did. He's she, a, considered a, an, like the best. Absolutely. And by the way, some people did still continue to work with Dr. Luke because for them, they didn't have any issues with him. But 2014, Kesha accused him of drugging and raping her uh, in, tw- in 2005. So this was a long time ago. But in 2014, she brought it to light. So it took so long. And this went back and forth through the courts. They did settle this year. And we never found out what was the settlement. Uh, Kesha moved on, though. It wasn't until this month, by the way, it wasn't until December that she was finally freed of his label. So that's over with. Number nine for me, Jeremy Renner almost died. I that, forgot that was this that year. That was this year. It was right in the new year, though. I mean, right in January, he was run over by his seven-ton piston bully snowplow, which I believe he still owns, by the way. 
uh, he was trying to help his nephew out of the snow. They visited him in Lake Tahoe. His his uh, nephew was leaving, but there was a lot of snow. So he's like, ah, I got a fucking snowplow. Here we go. The snowcat crushed him, broke so many bones. Ribs broken in 14 places. Right knee, ankle broken. Left uh, leg, tibia broken. Uh, right clavicle broken. Whatever. There's a lot of broken bones. We actually thought for a while there, like, is he going to die? He bounced back. He bounced back. I don't know if he's fully recovered, but at this point, he's better. Number eight. Ariana Grande. Ah, Ariana Grande. Um, So although she's been relatively quiet to you guys, it's because she was filming Wicked for the last couple of years. They'd actually wrapped filming earlier this year, but she was filming Wicked. And suddenly we heard news right before it leaked that she was fucking around with her co-star that she separated from her husband, Dalton Gomez. She falls in love easily, that one, doesn't she? Yes, she one does. One of those. Um, so once she made it clear, that's when the report started to come to light that she was in a relationship with her married co-star of Wicked, Ethan Slater. Now, Ethan Slater came forward and said, oh, I'm, I haven't been with my wife for a while. But his wife called that out and said, bullshit, Ariana Grande's clearly not a girl's girl, is what she publicly said. Not to mention <laughs> Ethan's wife and he had an eight-month-old baby. At the time, we found out. Anyway. Number seven, we lost Matthew Perry. Can I just say, by the way, yeah. the Ariana Grande story, what is she thinking? I, at first, I thought this was just a promo to try and promote the movie. And then it's almost like they didn't realize yeah. the optics of it were so bad. So bad. But now I'm starting to think she actually just can't keep her hands off other people. I wonder that, too. And I think if she was my friend. Look, I always put myself in that position of if you were my friend, here's what i do. I would really tell her, I think you need to maybe start talking to someone. By that, I mean a therapist to try to figure out why you are the way. Because she does fall in love so easily. And it's like when you look back at all of her relationships. And she's young still. is the fucked up part. And she's already been married once. She was engaged to Pete Davidson before this. Don't forget. And then she was with a bunch of other people. I know the Mac Miller thing really screwed her up. I know that the bomb. Remember the bomb at her concert? That oh, yeah. re- Like she admits fully. Like that really screwed up. Who wouldn't be screwed up from that? But. Does it affect her relationship? I don't know. I'm just saying, in general, I hope she's taking care of her well-being. I really do, because I think that this, when someone bounces around like that, I don't know. Uh, Matthew Perry passing away was number seven on the list. Chandler Bing on Friends. We all know him, and we probably mostly love him. Uh, 54 years old, found dead in his jacuzzi in October. Cause of death, still a very confusing one um, to figure out, but they they say it was the acute effects of ketamine, but then people rushing to the defense of ketamine therapy, which he was taking at the time. They said he had a bigger amount than it should be in his system, even though it was over a week since he had had the ketamine thing. Are people supposed to have any ketamine in them? There is ketamine infusion therapy. It is run by a medical professional. I want to make that perfectly clear. And apparently in very extremely small doses, which kind of, it's kind of reminiscent of like, it's not the same as propofol at all, but it's kind of reminiscent of what happened with Michael Jackson. It's like he got too much propofol, but propofol as a whole can help you fall asleep when properly medically supervised. Now, ketamine didn't kill Matthew Perry. Um, They said drowning was another effect. It was kind of like a, like a shit cocktail of events that happened. And, uh, uh, yeah. Too uh, high in the water, alone, unsupervised. I mean, tired. That, yeah. I do find it so strange, though, that he, he told his assistant to go out. Like, his assistant was there with him that night. And then to- he told him to go out and get some things and, like, pushed him to go out that night. The whole thing's a little weird to me. Yes. But nonetheless, maybe I'm reading too much into it. Uh, but we also said goodbye this year. Just a special mention while we're doing this to Jerry Springer. That was this year. Jerry. Mm. Tina Turner. Lisa Marie Presley. That was a shocking one. Sinead O'Connor, Len Goodman, Raquel Welsh, Ang- Angus Cloud uh, was a surprise for, especially for those Euphoria fans and more. Uh, number six, Rihanna. 
pregnant, welcoming baby number two eventually. But the Super Bowl performance, that shocked me. Like, I mean, I didn't see that coming. I don't think anybody did. When all of a sudden I was like, is she is she pregnant? And then sure enough, yes, indeed. See, and I felt weird watching that because I've learned it's not okay to ask a woman if she's pregnant. So right. <laughs> so I'm watching it thinking, she looks pregnant, but I don't want to say anything. Is she pregnant? Is she pregnant? Because she had just had a baby. Like, Honey, not- come look at her and tell what? me if she's pregnant. <laughs> Her first baby was still kind of a baby mm-hmm. when she showed her pregnancy. And so, hey, sometimes that happens. Uh, and she did make a bit of a gesture in the beginning, but you're absolutely right. Not everybody caught that gesture of like, hey, I'm pregnant. So I spent some of the time going, is she, is she, yeah. And then I went online to find out because so we do, right? We look on Twitter and shit like, is she pregnant? And everybody else agreed. Oh, she's probably pregnant. Uh, she and ASAP Rocky did end up welcoming Riot. That's her son's name. That's a great name for a That's kid. It's cute. Uh, August 1st. Okay. So there you go. You join us tomorrow for the top five stories that were trending the most in 2023. I don't even know how you get, I, I, I can't remember what else big happened this year oh, that really? tops all of those things. Oh man, it, it was tough for me to figure out what should be number one, but for me it was only one of two things. So one is number one and one is number two. But the top five, once I tell you, you're going to be like, oh shit, yeah. Huh. And let's keep in mind that next year's list, we already know number one. It happens on January yeah. 1st when the Epstein list comes out. Dude, I can't wait. Somebody sent me a a meme today, and I don't know how legit it is. I haven't had a chance to research it, but it's apparently Julian Assange, the WikiLeaks guy. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Apparently, he said when the Epstein lists finally leaks, 98% of Washington is going to fall. Uh, We, I don't even, I can believe that. I can believe that. That's easily believable. 90% a high number. Yeah. If he was serious, I don't know if he's exaggerating in what he said. Well, he knows. He's read the, well, he, he's the one who created WikiLeaks. I mean, yeah. he's the one who got that, that yeah. info. So still, by the way, banned because he has that information. They still want to arrest him and would kill him for Is treason. he still hiding? Yeah. He's still like away. He's still gone well, somewhere, right? He's protected at one of the foreign embassies. Okay, okay. That doesn't extradite to the U.S. Okay. So, actually, I don't know if any embassies extradite. In I'm any not case, sure. Uh, yeah, he's, he's around. He's, is he, uh, once they release this list, is he free then? That's a good question because it turns out that uh, the information that he was trying to whistleblow on was completely accurate and shit that we should have known in the first place. Yeah. Huh. Have a great day, everybody. We'll see you tomorrow. Bye.